back for another week. It's This Week at Windsor with your host, Arden Beach, and joining me, Pastor Dr. J. There's a lot of titles in there. Good evening. <laughs> Just call me Scott Morrison of the ministry. <laughs> <laughs> Just pick as many ministries as you like. I did get to participate in my first research seminar this week oh, yeah? as a presenter. And let me tell you, i got a lot to learn. So apparently the thing you do is you read your paper. So it's kind of like story time for scholars. Yep. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. It was nine o'clock on a Monday night. And I thought to myself, if I sit here and read this thing for 40 minutes, people are going to be dead. to be yep. comatose by the time I finish. So I feel that way just hearing the story. <laughs> <laughs> so what, so what did you do now. then? So what did I do? Well, I decided to put together a little uh, PowerPoint presentation and totally broke form. And was it a was it a winning formula? Yet to be determined. Although the one person who said nothing all night at the very end when I said, I'm sorry, I broke form. Was this okay? They're like, oh, yeah, 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 please do that again. I was like, oh, okay. So we'll see. We have got a ton of stuff coming up at church. Folks would have heard all about it. Last week, of course, the Jamboree is going to be massive. Coming up on Saturday, the 3rd of September, 5 to 9 p.m., there's different pricing packages. All the details are on the church website or through the app. Yeah, please do plan to come. Please get your tickets now so that we can get our catering numbers right. Get your tickets, get your boots on. We'll be ready to go. Start buying uh, socks and undies because it's Father's Day the next day. Yeah, Father's Day. What are you hoping to get this year, Arden? Socks and undies. Really? Yeah. Is that because you don't buy them at other times? Or? Indeed. What a waste of money. <laughs> Maybe ask the people who live with you. <laughs> They're going to have to smell you. No, I'm, I, 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 do, I like my crazy socks and I'm known at work for my crazy socks and the customers really love them as well. So I'm, I'm more than happy to get Larry socks. Now, even perhaps even bigger than the Jamboree and Father's Day, mm. your wife Joanna's birthday is also coming up. I know, man, it comes around so quick every year. I need yeah. ideas. What, should I do, what, what is she now? 28, 29? Yeah, 27, I think. 27? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and as I was trying to explain to somebody the other week, I'm sort of at that tricky point in the relationship where if I want to really impress my wife with like a really extravagant gift, there's an inherent risk within that because she immediately knows the impact on the budget that's going to have. Yep. And then I've induced stress and gratitude at the same time, which is kind of worse because then it's like a forced, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's why you steal it. I'm all in not to steal it. <laughs> Another big event in the life of the church too. The next quarterly members meeting is coming up. Now, I love members meetings. There's be, There's different views on... Where yeah. Jesus actually was for those three days. <laughs> uh, my belief is that he was at a members meeting somewhere because they are the best. <laughs> yeah. I hate members meetings so much. But this one is going to be amazing because there's some massive news. Yeah, there's going to be an announcement and uh, we're, we're really hoping everybody can come along. Uh, we're going to have some food, kind of an extended morning tea if you're really curious about the life of the church and how we make decisions. We really encourage you to come along. And if that's where Jesus was for those three days, I guess that means he'll be at our meeting as well. And we look forward to okay. celebrating. When's it on? It is on this Sunday, the 28th of August, and it starts at 1130. All right, moving along tonight, and let's catch up with our special guest this evening, Phil Evans, former pastor at Hawkesbury Valley Baptist. Good evening. Good evening. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming along. Um, now, I suppose we better start at the beginning. How? Uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into ministry, how you you know found Christ, that sort of thing. Where does it all begin for Phil? Yeah, wow, that's a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been 
senior pastor at Hawkesbury Valley uh, for about seven years. Prior to that, I was the youth pastor, and it's the church where I would say I really came to faith uh, when I was about 17. Grew up uh, sort of around church. Uh, my mum, beautiful, beautiful woman who always had a faith, but we had a very kind of chaotic upbringing. My dad was never around and just a whole lot of stuff there. And so by the time I was a teenager, uh, I sort of experienced church and uh, didn't want too much to do with it. Um, seen a lot of hypocrisy again, not from my mum, but from. Uh, I have met people. your mum, and she is the most amazing. Yeah, lady she's, a, on she's a lovely woman. Reminds me really heaps, is. heaps of the mum from the Brady Bunch. Yeah, okay, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, no, she's a beautiful woman and, and inspiring. I think when you, when I, I, I remember as a kid, you know, I'd go out and she'd be on the lounge journaling, praying, mm. reading the Word, and she'd she'd always sing sing to us, just Jesus loves you, or whatever else. Always pray with us and. Mm. Uh, I was fortunate at 17, uh, I was into skateboarding, uh, into sort of punk music and uh, got invited along to a to a skate night, uh, band night thing in a factory in North Richmond and sort of went along with my mates and, uh, you know, we were just there to have a good time and but I just connected with some, some guys, I remember standing around a fire pit and, you know, guys were talking about Jesus and they were normal guys that were skateboarding in the same sort of music but they had this hope and you know over time just building relationships with those guys yeah over time just discovered um jesus apart from all the sort of people who professed to represent him and um and i was in a context where there were some amazing people professed to represent him but for the first time really got into the word really um felt that the holy spirit began to heal some things and but it was a long journey man there was stuff well there's still stuff scars that you can't hold on to that were still defining a lot of who I was massive anger problem up up until my early 20s um, that I can confidently say now God just did something miraculous because um, I remember when I became the senior pastor of Hawkesbury Valley 2015 I think uh, we um, I remember it's the first time I preached as a senior pastor I'd preached many times before but as senior I, I kind of shared that story of coming in and uh, being drunk he was angry Walked into the church and then I said, you know, 14 years later, you've voted me in to be senior pastor. And uh, and there's lots of people. The church was a lot smaller then uh, at that point, but there was a lot of people there who mm. affirmed me as a senior pastor and knew me as that kid. And yeah. that for me is, is the picture of church and um, really captures the beauty of that 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 faith community in on so many levels. Just that grace that was um, that was afforded to me. And yeah, fast forward to up to a few months ago, and you decided to step down as lead pastor. There, um, was you felt sort of God was moving moving you to something new. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's probably been a really uh, it's, it's hands down the hardest decision I've made in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and my wife Casey um, really on the same page with it, but but so difficult. Um, and uh, yeah, last year we we felt that God started to unpack a whole lot of stuff for us, and there was four things that, that God sort of showed me and uh, probably don't have time to go into the detail of them. But essentially, um, it was around wanting to live a life that was faithfulness over loyalty. So I'd always pride myself on loyalty. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen leaving done well in my context as a kid. Um, you know, leaving was always a bad thing. It was because there was, you know, and so... Yeah, conflict or whatever. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So loyalty became something that I really built a lot of identity around and, and God sort of last year was like, I, I desire faithfulness over loyalty and understanding that's more about who I am uh, before God and um, and what I'm doing in line with God's will rather than just sticking at something. The second thing was learn to trust that God speaks to me. And a lot of the foundational sort of hurts and things as a kid meant that 
I just didn't, yeah, I guess the father sort of image mm. and all that meant that I just didn't always feel that, um, mm. yeah, God's sort of said something to you, Arden, or you, Jonathan, and then coming out of that place of, no, God speaks to me. Mm. Um, the third one was around value, like just, mm. just had this fear that outside of this corner of the world, like Phil Evans has no value. That's sort of kind of hoodwinked this nice little town on the outskirts of Sydney um, but but really I was just a chump you know and, and so and then the last one was wanting to live and love and lead out of encounter not obligation you know 9.30 Sunday comes around you got to read the word you got to preach and, and really as a family wanting to wanting to just have a time where I open the word just with my family that's one of the things I love about faith is because you lay out those four things and you'd be like well the last thing I would do is walk away because those things would be like almost chains to keep you in one place but faith says i'm gonna walk out of that and so i just want to thank you for just articulating that so well and and for modeling that for your community and for for everyone what do you do next like i think about this sometimes like what would happen if i wasn't working at wdbc next week i feel like i'm only really starting to feel it now so i had long service leave we got away as a family um, I did some. I did a bit of a retreat overseas, connected with some ministry friends and partners, and it's only the last sort of three weeks that I feel like I'm back in the normal rhythm of life without this huge chunk of something that's been there my whole my whole life, my whole adult life, and my whole Christian life. At the end of one Thessalonians, it says that the God who's called you is faithful, and um, that's probably the the spiritual piece, <laughs> just sitting in that and just choosing to believe that. One of the sort of spiritual formation practices I, I sort of jumped into last year was around. Um, just learning to sit and when I would sit and do my time with God, you know, um, rather just reading the Bible, getting through and starting with just simply saying, Jesus, here I am, you know, the chaos or uncertainty or doubt with a kid sitting on the back of your head and we're trying to kind of focus in on what God's trying to say, just saying, Jesus, I'm here because in all of that, he's speaking and all of that, he's working, he's powerful. And so that really became like a posture of, of simply being and then of, of hearing and then from that place wanting to do. And so it's really nice to sort of have a blank slate um, where I sit here now and every time I come before God, I'm genuinely saying, God, what do you want me to do? Like, not like, how do you want me to deal with that situation or what sort of preaching series is coming? Like, I'm like, no, like, what do you want me to do? Like this, <laughs> yeah. this thing is blank and uncertain and, uh, and yeah, that's hard. Really, really hard. The, one of the images that I love is, and I'm not trying to equate myself to John the Baptist, but definitely inspired by him. Um, you know, that guy had the, the mega church ministry cut out for him. He, he, you know, he was in the priestly line. He could have done all the good God stuff in the comfortable temple with all the accolades and the, the perks of, you know, that sort of ministry. But he, he leaves it all, goes out in the wilderness, puts on some camel skin, and he creates this beautiful place where ultimately people connect with Jesus. What would you say is something that most people don't understand about being a pastor. If you could just take a part of your experience and you could say, I wish I wish they could see that. I think one of the things that the, that's really challenged me, being a professional Christian is really hard. It's really hard having a lot of eyes on you. Yeah, yeah. It's really hard. There is very few things you do, people do in life where every week you get up and you talk about something that, that is a matter of the heart. That, that everyone who's listening has insane convictions around on one end or the other. And every word you say is scrutinized and, you know, to know that, that people are, have opinions on your family. And then the spiritual side of, of being a professional Christian, of going, no, like, 
what does it look like to simply be a son? COVID was really big on that as well. Like that 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 highlight, I think for for every pastor, I think like we were, you know, the goalposts were changing week to week. Um, no matter what you did, people weren't happy. I had people giving me prophecies that the church has to stay open and giving me prophecies that the church must close, you know, and everything in between. And you're like... Perhaps a question for both of you. Is there, as a pastor, is there such a thing as like pastoral block, like writer's block, where you you go, look, I've got a sermon coming up Sunday and I'm just dry. There's just nothing. (laughs) Probably not for Jonathan. (laughs) I can't tell you how many, how true that is. Uh, And that's probably that, that sense of, I think you... Because you get, you, you develop a skill where you can put some words on paper yep. and where you can deliver them in a way where people go, oh, that's very nice. But to really do the hard work of really seeking God and really unpacking his word and then making it applicable to the people who you're called to, that's where the, the blocks off. And when, I'll be honest, when you, during COVID, there was times where I, I was annoyed at people. I didn't like people, you know. <laughs> that's like, it's because you're like, what, what, why are we fighting over this? Or why is this my fault? And then you've got to get back up and you've got to share something that um, is because you love those people. Yeah, I think that's really true. That's a great question, Arden. Uh, I think for me, it's maybe not so much a block as kind of a, a, a misalignment, like a, like a train going off the track. And, and I think you, you learn as a preacher, as a minister, when you're serving out of your own head or out of your own idea and it's not out of the Spirit's anointing and the Spirit's leading, that makes you feel sick. That actually just, it makes you feel sick. It makes you want to crawl in a hole. And and I think it's also, I don't know how you feel about this, Phil, but like for me, it's like, God, after I've done that, and I know I've done it in the past, after I've done that, it's like big red flashing warning sign, God saying, watch out, do not go down this path if you're going to go down this path, just get out because, because you're going to damage yourself, others. For me, it's the week in, week out integrity. It's the week in, week out integrity of how can I open the word and deliver it to people if I'm not ready to come under it myself? And if I can't do that, what right do I have to open my mouth? And, and that's just really challenging. Phil, you've kind of come up through the ranks at Hawkesbury Valley, a bit of a different origin story of you, Jonathan, with, you know, out of Burke and stuff. As as pastors pastoring here in the Hawkesbury, what sets the Hawkesbury apart? What what would make it different from you know being a pastor in the Shire or, or wherever else? Yeah, I don't think they'd have me in the Shire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the Hawkesbury is like really unique in the sense that it's uh, it's this mix of sort of suburban then into the rural, particularly where where our church is right there, like you know kind of right on that line of suburbia into rural properties, and and I think that. You know, it means that this this end of Sydney, there's some there's some cheaper housing, you know, comparatively, comparatively. <laughs> uh, and and so you've got this amazing this amazing mix of, of people who uh, you know have maybe are struggling economically and different things, and then you've got this like you know incredibly wealthy people um, who have properties and you know all the rest of it, and but the heart issues are all the same, and now with the growth of even multiculturalism out here, which has probably been a, you know, significant, I think Jonathan's as multicultural as you get out here. Um, (laughs) But with a significant growth in that, it's just, it's just going to become even more beautiful and rich in that sense of really having this sort of like, this perspective on the world that you don't get in a lot of places. 
I'd echo a lot of that. I'm taking notes as Phil's talking here. <laughs> He's, he, he has a lot more uh, uh, objectivity, I think, and a good understanding than I do. But I think what strikes me about the Hawkesbury is a broad place that has a rich history that is being confronted with, yeah, multiculturalism and just various strata of society. And watching the stalwarts in this area try to negotiate that, I think it's, it's you know, for me, it's, it's kind of this little picture, this little glimpse, this microcosm of, of kind of globalization coming to a very established landed area. I think there's a real strength in the Hawkesbury. There's a real resilience. I think sometimes that manifests as stubbornness, um, maybe resistance to change. But within that, there's a real just a steadfastness. And and I think the longer I'm here, the more I realize just how deep those roots go. And and I realize it's got a significant history that's going to be challenged, continue to be challenged with adding new people from different backgrounds. All right, well, Phil, we'll let you get back to your family, but um, thanks for coming along this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for your honesty and your depth. No worries. Thanks for having me. It's good. I do got to say, I, I, Phil and I started uh, about the same time in, in senior roles, and Phil, I just had such comfort from you. I think I've told you this before, but you were one of the few people that I felt saw me and accepted me straight away for who I was. I don't know if that's because you hang out with California people <laughs> and we have that common, we have that common history, but uh, I just can't tell you enough how much that meant to me personally. And, and I think it's important that other people who might be listening realize when you come across people who are just moving to the area or people who are new, whether it's in your, your own trade, your own job, your own neighborhood, what have you, um, part of the way we embody the grace of the Lord Jesus is by seeing people and loving them for who they are and not trying to say, well, if you dance to our tune, then, then I'll accept you. Then I'll invite you over. Then I'll have a real conversation with you. And I just never felt any, any sense of you putting layers of expectation on. And so, yeah, I just want to thank you for that. Oh, that's awesome, man. I appreciate it. And, you know, your encouragement for me over the years has been, has been amazing. And I'm just so grateful to have friends in ministry that is not defined by my role or the title I carry but just go beyond that and um, yeah definitely found that in you so thank you before we go I want to ask you one more question if you dream if you dream about future ministry are there any colors or shades or any any pictures that come to mind not necessarily specifics but when you think about what stirs your heart in ministry yeah good question um, that's very much where we're sitting at the moment so if I had that answer I'd be feeling a bit better but <laughs> some of the colors and shades uh, i've got a pretty core cool conviction that if the gospel we preach on a sunday doesn't reach the darkest places on the planet then uh we're not preaching the gospel um and so one of the things i'm very passionate about is is prison ministry his work with people coming out of prison um so i'm still running helping run um, church services in our local windsor jail and that's how I'm very passionate about. Um, and uh, we're pretty good at understanding the gospel for those who've been hurt. But I think, I think it's, a, it's a challenge to, to embrace it for those who have done the hurting. Maybe most of the time you find we're actually hurt in the first place. So yeah, so that's, that's something I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about equipping churches in doing that. Um, I'm doing a bit of that with the Baptist Association at the moment. Um, but yeah, that's probably the only like shade or color or shape. Cool. All right, we look forward to hearing what's next from Phil Evans. Thanks for coming along tonight. 
Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Phil Evans there from uh, previously from Hawkesbury Valley Baptist. And um, great catching up with him. And, and lovely that he was just so honest about his faith journey, um, about his pastoral journey. Um, a great chat. Yeah, Phil is one of my favorite people around here. Not just because he's a fellow pastor, but because he's someone who always leads with sincerity. And you can tell he has the gospel right at the center of his being and his decision-making. And I really encourage anyone who's in a space where they're trying to discern what's next, take a cue from Phil. There was a lot of great breadcrumbs in what he was sharing, just sitting with Jesus, keeping the gospel the main thing, living out of that identity of a son or a daughter of the king, recognizing that as we pursue the kingdom and whatever that form it may look like for you, whatever God might have and be preparing for you, but knowing that in the doing of that, he's going to provide what you need. And I just love his faith and his trust that comes through. Yeah, really cool to have him on. Well, we'd better wrap it up for another week. Thanks once again, Dr. J. Great being here. Do it all again next week. 